Hey, warriors, welcome to the Untamed Life podcast, where we are breaking free from those chains of the past and rising to lead extraordinary lives. I believe it's time for us to ditch the rules of this world that are keeping us enslaved in the grind, playing from behind, and instead opt into a conscious and strategic upgrade, one that is founded in spiritual principles that can only be accessed through the power of the heart. So if you are craving deeper, more meaningful relationships, vibrant bodies full of life force, true prosperity in all arenas, and a life of adventure, this podcast is for you. My name is Christine Jewell. I'm a high-performance coach and spiritual mentor, and together we will awaken the king or queen you are destined to be so that you can experience the fullness of life that's waiting for you. Let's dive in. All right, all right. Welcome back to the conversation. Today, I am staying in the relationship lane a little bit more on the heels of last week. Last week, I spoke to the ladies. It was a ladies listen up episode. And I was talking about how to infuse, how to infuse your marriage, your relationship this week. And if you haven't listened to it, it's great, um, great to tune into. You guys can go back and go through that. But today, I'm going to continue in that conversation and really want to share some insights on things that I believe we need to normalize, especially when it comes to communication inside of our relationships. And, you know, before I even unpack, you, you guys hear me say this time and time again. It's like, why do I talk about relationships so much? It's really because I have come to realize through my own life experience and from talking to hundreds of clients along the way, not only probably thousands by now, if I count back to all the years, of, of health and wellness coaching that I did as well, that our relationships, the quality of our relationships truly does determine the quality of our life. The quality of our life is determined by the quality of our relationships. So when we look at what makes people happy, that is really when it, when it comes down to the end of the day, we are measuring, you know, how we were felt, how we, how we were made to feel who we loved, how much we loved, what experiences we shared with others, right? And it's the relationships and the experiences we have inside of those relationships that truly is, is what makes that life feel, yes, a life well lived, right? And so it's the one point of anguish as well for so many of us, right? In, in all those years of doing holistic health coaching, when we looked at the roots of a lot of those physical ailments, inflammation, chronic pain, back pain, shoulder pain, I've said this so many times, when we start stripping everything away, really did come down. Most of the time it was mental, emotional, spiritual, and always has to do with the primary relationships in our life. Of course, first and foremost, our relationship with ourselves, our relationship with the opposite sex, our parents, our children, etc. So today I'm taking the broad, broad strokes of this applies, this thing that this conversation I'm going to have is really applies to any relationship. Um, especially this week is that we were navigating some conversations through our coaching community and stuff around how to navigate difficult conversations at work right? With our team members, with higher ups, with, with peers, with changing environments, having to make big decisions. And also how do we normalize conversations at home so that we don't have this tension, this attacking and defending or feeling guilty and being in, in defending ourselves and over explaining ourselves or being abrasive. Right. And I just want to say that a lot of us, you know, I will raise my hand who taught me how to communicate clearly in relationships. We don't take relationship class. We are just in our home environments, 
growing up, we repeat what we experience. We watch mom and dad, how they kind of talk to each other. We watch how they talk to grandma and grandpa, if they're around, how they talk to their siblings. We experience what was tolerated and how we treated one another inside of the home, right? Brothers and sisters and siblings. And so we learn early on that becomes our relational communication blueprint, right? It's just, what did I experience? What did I observe? And it's interesting that sometimes we think I didn't, I'm not repeating the stuff from my family. And yet when we really break down to it, it might look a little bit different, right? Maybe it doesn't sound exactly the same, but there's still a lot of the same patterns. So I want to jump into six things, six things I'm going to share. And you know me, I like to throw a, an extra one. It's probably going to be seven. I'm looking at my notes. It's probably going to be seven things that I believe we really get to start normalizing in communication. These are things that I've noticed we get really awkward around. We're uncomfortable around, especially when I'm coaching couples on how to communicate effectively when they're just like two bulls in a China closet, or there's passive aggressiveness, or one person doesn't feel heard, or they're just going around and around on the same conversation. I'm noticing that these six things, these seven things are really missing. They're just not there inside of our communication blueprint. So I want to see where you guys uh, land with these. So the first thing I'm going to share, this is not the first time you've heard this, is we've got to normalize sharing emotion, making it safe to share what we're feeling. Right. And I want to say this, not only what I'm, what I'm feeling, but being okay and curious about what are you feeling? What's coming up for you? Right. What are you experiencing right now? What are you feeling? And I want to be really clear about this one because I, I, I can recall a couple of specific conversations this week where someone kept saying, I would ask them, what are you feeling? And they were telling me what they were thinking or what someone else did that, you know, created this feeling inside of them, right? So the feeling, they're actually having a difficult time even articulating what, what is the feeling? I probably asked like five or six times. So that's a thought. What is the feeling, right? So pay attention to this because what we get stuck in and what we catch ourselves doing a lot of time is like, well, I feel like you don't care. Or I feel like, you know, you're too busy with X, Y, Z, and you don't have time for me. I feel that, um, you know, fill in the blank. So I feel that you don't trust me. I feel that you are not, you know, trusting me on this project that came up a lot this week. I, I just feel like you're not trusting me. I feel like you don't care. I feel like you are somewhere else. I feel like you're not present. And those are all thoughts, right? They're not feeling. So we got to get to like, what is the root of the feeling? I'm sad. I'm upset right now. I'm experiencing a lot of frustration around this. I'm like really pissed off right now. I'm, I'm just feeling a lot of grief around this thing. I'm happy about this. I'm excited about this. I'm curious. I want to, you know, and getting to the emotion. So I'm going to leave you guys with a little tip here that, you know, if we're, if it's a true emotion, you could take out the word I'm feeling, like you could take out the feeling and then that's how you know if it's actually an emotion. Cause if, if we say I'm, you don't care about me, right? That doesn't make sense. That's not a feeling. <laughs> that's a, that's a, that doesn't make sense at all. It's a thought. That's why we're, we put that word feeling because we're trying to bridge the gap there and we're trying to express what we're emotionally experiencing, but we are not even aware of it a lot of the time. And I noticed that 
in my coaching conversations and when we're working in workshops and things like that, we have to dig sometimes. So what is the emotion? So what is the, what is the emotion that's coming up? Okay. So what's the emotion, right? And we've got to normalize identifying what that emotion is that's in the room. Because when we start throwing thoughts around and ideas and objections and opinions, that's when we start to get in these aggressive, defensive debates because we don't even realize we're projecting right onto somebody else. And I say this so much, but it's so true. Nothing pisses you off more than someone else telling you how you're feeling when that's not actually how you feel, right? Like, why are you so angry about this? It's like, well, I'm not, or why are you, why are you looking at me like that? You obviously don't care. Or why did you do that? You obviously don't trust me. And that really is like a spark that ignites conflict really fast because now we're projecting what we've been unable to experience and emotionally work through, articulate onto someone else instead of sitting with our emotion, being able to share it in a safe place, right? Without it getting attacked and then explaining the behaviors or thoughts or whatever that let that emotion arise in us. They're always triggers, right? They're things that we get to work through. So number one is, can we normalize sharing vulnerably? Here's what I'm actually feeling right now. I'm feeling X. And, and with that, being curious and okay about what are you feeling? What are you experiencing right now? What's coming up for you without getting aggressive, defensive, having to fix them or anything, just holding the space for the emotions in the room. And something beautiful happens. You know, we know this, that when we begin to observe and just honor an emotion, then we, it starts to move, right? It starts to reorganize a little bit. So what are, when we start to just observe it without having to do anything about it, it begins to change shape and dissipate. And, you know, a new thing arises. Maybe we feel a little bit of compassion, a little bit of grace, a little bit of acceptance. That tension starts to melt away as we talk about it. It's that ability for us to really be seen and heard and valued and loved wherever we are. Number two, normalize. What are you dreaming about? What are you excited about? How many times are we stuck in this conversation around what are you doing? And by the way, I wanted to bring this up in, in the last one. Oftentimes when we're sharing what we, you know, how our day was or whatever, we're talking, we're rehashing what happened or what we checked off the list. We were like, Hey, here's what I did today. A, B, C, D, F, G. And we're like checking in and checking off <laughs> with one another. Or we're talking about so much of the time. What are we doing tomorrow? What are we doing next week? What are you doing? And it's all about the doing, but so many couples, so many teams, so many parents and children, like, are we dreaming together? Are we holding space to stretch each other and share, like, come back to what's the vision? What's the dream? You know, what are you excited about right now? What's inspiring you? And we can dream together. I think there's such power in this, that when we come back to dreaming together, instead of always problem solving together or having to fix a problem together or having to figure out the logistics together, but we can actually just play a little bit and dream a little bit without having to know that this dream is going to manifest tomorrow or come to pass or have to have the blueprint for it and the whole lay of the land. But can, are we 
normalizing dropping into just sitting on the back patio or sitting at dinner and dreaming together on the table with our kids, right? Dreaming around the boardroom table or even better than that, because I'm not a fan of boardrooms, taking our teams outside, out in nature, expanding their capacity to think, to see, to envision, to share even their own personal dreams, goals, not even goals, just what is really on their heart. When we create space to recognize and honor and see each other's heart, each other's vision, each other's dreams, it is again like rocket fuel to relationships. And there's a deep honor and respect and connection and a bond that begins to shit, like settle in. Right. Um, and I want to say this, especially a couple things. Number one, for parents and children, it is so common to be thinking about what happened at school today. What did you do? What did your teacher say? What happened in sports? How did that go? And, and again, it's just, it's very mechanical sometimes. And we don't recognize that we fall into these patterns. And so this is something that Mark and I've been very intentional about is really creating that space at the dinner table to play, to dream, to, to poke the kids a little bit. Right. And as parents, are we building our kids dreams up? Are we encouraging them to dream or are we encouraging them just to follow into a set program, right? An institutionalized way of doing things. It's like, no, school says you got to do it this way. No, your teacher says you got to do it this way. No, your, your coach says it's this. Like, are we teaching them how to stretch their imagination, how to stretch what's possible for them, how to think for themselves rather than just telling them what they should be doing? It's a big one. Or if they're struggling with the dreaming, are we putting our vision for their life onto them. I think that this is a fine line when we are building up and pouring life into our children. And this is also true for our team members. I talk a lot about children and team members interchangeably actually, because it's so interesting to me as I coach more and more high level exec and execs and stuff that the way we parent is often the way we lead our teams. It's wild. It's such a cool um, crossover that I've noticed. So are we leaders who are encouraging the people around us to dream or are we people that are threatened and worried and anxious about people around us dreaming? Cause either maybe that means they'll leave or they'll go too far or they'll forget about us. Right. And all of our old little wounds are, are struggling to grip on and hold on instead of really stretching this beautiful soul in front of us to keep keep growing, evolving, stretching their wings, exhibiting more of their gifts. So what are we dreaming about? That's number two. Number three, this is a big one. Normalizing asking, asking for support, asking for what we need clearly. And what does that look like? Right? Um, so a simple example of this, I'm going to use that very general term is like, I want you to, I just want you to care about me. I, I just want you to, you know, be present for me. I just want to know that you love me. And so we, we say things like this sometimes and we're asking, I just want some help or I just want some help every once in a while, or I just want to be able to relax, but we're not being clear about what the support, what is it that we actually, like if we can give someone something specific, you know, that they can do to support us. So if there's something specific that we need in the moment to help us relax, right? Maybe we need 
to take a couple hours to be able to just go off. I, I say this one a lot. Like I'm just, I just need a couple hours to go for a walk in the woods and spend some time by myself with my feet in the water or with you, babe, in some quality time together that's uninterrupted. And this is what it looks like. So for the women, I have noticed, and I think this is true for all of us, that Part of this is really doing the work for us to figure out what is it that I want? What is it that I need? What is it that support looks like to me right now? Because a lot of times we don't know. And then we get upset when that other person can't figure it out. I said this in the last podcast, but we need to normalize this from both parties, right? Because there's a lot of bandwidth, like really a ton of bandwidth that goes out of us trying to figure out what we think the other person wants, trying to expect, you know, that we're going to get it right. It's, it's an incredible amount of energy that we expend trying to figure out, trying to mind read, trying to plan ahead, which is all beautiful because there's an intention there to want to show up and care as long as we're not doing it out of fear, right? Like, oh my gosh, I'm trying to avoid a confrontation. But it's so, how much freedom would open up for us? How much bandwidth would open up for us? Creative bandwidth, if we articulated and communicated more clearly, here's what I need. Here's what it looks like. Here's what the outcome looks like. Here's how we know it's successful. Like, what does a successful night look like for us? What does a successful weekend look like for us? What is a successful ski trip? Mark and I are about to head out on a ski trip with our kids you know, and we have brought this up many times. Like what, what does this get to look like for us? What is successful? What, what's important about this trip? And we're preemptively having these conversations, right? The fourth one that I want to unpack here is really speaking to the behaviors, not attacking the character of the person. I'm going to say that again. I really believe that we have got to normalize addressing behaviors, right? Speaking about the behaviors and loving the person. I have said this many times on this podcast because I really think this is so important is to recognize what's the actual behavior that is the trigger. What is the actual behavior that's not okay? What's the behavior that gets to either be elevated, right? That, that gets to be the new standard or that we're no longer tolerating in this relationship or that we're working towards, but being able to speak to the behaviors, it gives First of all, it, it separates us and, and gives us all a little bit of breathing room. That's like, okay, whew, I'm not messing everything up. I'm not the thing, right? I'm not the behavior. I just did the behavior. I acted out the behavior, right? I practiced that one and it failed epically, right? And there are times where maybe I'm short tempered and I snap back or I get hangry and, you know, I, I have my moment and the beautiful thing that I think that Mark and I have really gotten good at is speaking to each other about the behavior and being really conscious of not saying, well, you, this, you are that you are blank is directly, a you know, calling name, calling the character of the person you're identifying the person as their behavior. That's not who I am. Right. So just really tuning into that. And, and this is really important even for ourselves in relationship with ourself. And all of these things are true for ourselves. Cause at first we got to be able to do it for ourselves. I've got to normalize, you know, being okay and figuring out with myself, like, what am I feeling, Christine? Like, what are you feeling today? What's coming up for you? And being able to just sit with that emotion without having to judge it, fix it, 
you know, positive think my way out of it quickly, you know, process it and move on. But having healthy ways to articulate what it is, notice what it is, let it move, right? And yes, I will redirect, but without shaming it or judging myself or whatever for having that emotion, all of these things, right? Am I constantly in a state of being okay with dreaming, walking and dreaming with myself? Am I okay with asking myself, my body, right? My heart, my spirit, what do you need right now? right? What does that look like? These are all, again, they start with us, first of all. So if you can't do this for yourself, that is the first place to start, right? Before we can do it with our kids, before we can do it with our partners, and we can practice these things simultaneously. But it's a lot of power. It starts within. The And this is number five. So we're on number five now. Things to normalize inside of a relationship is to edify, edify one another, build one another up in character. As we are looking at someone really allowing our heart to see their heart. We spend so much time in our head looking for the, what are they doing that I like? Or what are they doing that I don't like? What is the look on their face that I like? What is the look that I don't like? What is that body posture, right? We spend so much time at the surface that we're not really, and so we react so much of the time we're speaking to the surface level stuff. As we start to slow down, which is another thing we can normalize in relationships is just slowing down a bit to be fully present, but really to speak to the heart of the other person and to build the heart of that man up, the heart of that woman up to build up, you know, what is beautiful about her inside and outside. Like every woman wants to know that she's beautiful and cherished. And every woman that I speak to is craving to, to be validated in that. And there's nothing wrong with that. It's part of our God given essence. Like we are beauty. Eve was a crown of creation and it's, it edifies your woman when you are just like, Oh, you are so beautiful on the inside. What is beautiful about her character? What is beautiful about the way she's speaking about the way she's moving about the way she handled a situation? And what is beautiful about her physical presence. That's not just generic, but very specific to her, right? Maybe she has, I have this like one dimple here. That's if you are watching a video, right? Maybe there's like a little crook in her eye or there's just like one little thing. And it just shows like, I noticed that little thing about you. That's really beautiful. That's really special. I noticed that the way that you show up with that one gift, the way you articulate these things, the way that you do that, because the way that we do things uniquely is our unique expression. It's our unique signature. And sometimes we throw these blanket compliments. Um, I'm going to use, I'm going to, I'm going to like throw it out here. You know, like sometimes my husband and I, you know, I appreciate this, but he'll be like, oh, you're so hot or you're so hot, babe, or hot wife, or he'll make these comments. And that's great. And that's pretty general. <laughs> it's like, okay, yeah, I'm temperature hot too. <laughs> but what, what is the beautiful thing, right? What is the thing that you, you are finding really attractive or special or unique about one another? And I think that when we can speak to those things and we can normalize, especially it just allows that person to be seen even more deeply. You're no longer just another face, just another, you know, good looking person, just another kind person. Oh, you're so nice. Oh, you're so giving. Oh, you're so pretty. Oh, you're so athletic. Oh, you're so whatever. It's just a blanket. 
So are a lot of people, right? And there's nothing wrong with that. But like, can we go deeper? Can we go a little bit further and just really begin to celebrate the uniqueness of one another? And um, I was on a call the other day and we were just sharing this. Elisa Bevere is one of my favorite authors. She's written some amazing books. And she wrote a book called Without Rival. And one thing that really landed for me, there's a chapter in that book that said, we are not equal. God loves us each uniquely, but not equally. We're not equal because that would be like, we're all the same, right? And there's this whole move for like equality, equality, everything, and everything has to be equal. And when we equally just pour out the same compliments on everyone and we give everybody the same equal, you know, Christmas gifts and the right amount of time and you start to just feel like a number. You start to feel just like a cog in the, in the system, right? We're trying to be equal, but there's nothing unique. There's nothing special. So I love when in her book, she said, you know, God does not love you equally. He loves you uniquely because he knows every single thing about you. Every hair on your head, he knows your fingerprints, your footprints. He knows you more intimately than all the grains, you know, on the face of the earth of sand on the face of the earth. Like he just loves you so much. And it makes me think about my own children. And I, I picked that up years ago and I've been telling them that like, I don't love you guys equally. I love each of you uniquely because you are so unique and I celebrate and I honor the unique being <laughs> child, woman, man, that you are the soul, the expression of who you are is different. You're different, right? And we all crave to experience that, to feel like, yes, I am different. I'm not the same as everyone else. And there's something special about you that, by the way, there's nothing wrong with that. It's part of our design, right? Every flower in the garden is different. That's what makes it beautiful. They might be of the same family. They may have a lot of similarities, but if every single flower, just imagine if every single flower, every single rose on a rose bush looked exactly the same and they were equally the same color distribution and equally the same shape and equally the same everything, it would, something would be off about that, right? It's, it's the slight differences. It's the uniquenesses. It's the, the perceived depth of you know, light and dark that gives things depth and richness and create the beauty of it. Otherwise it looks manufactured and a faked is not true beauty. <laughs> okay. So edifying one another, looking for each other's uniquenesses and really building each other up. And this requires being intentional, normalizing this inside of relationships, because this means that you are paying attention you're looking beyond the surface. You're looking at the soul. You're observing the soul. You're receiving from someone uniquely as well, right? And I think this is about the, the conversation of being even more present wherever we are. And uh, we can be, get so busy, right? We can get so busy in our heads. We want to be nice. We want people to feel like we, we care. We, we actually do want, you know, we do care, but we get distracted. We get hijacked and we stop paying attention. And then we start throwing these blanket statements and people don't feel loved. They don't feel seen. They don't feel heard. Or we're giving out awards and everyone gets an award. And if we give one award over here, then we need to make sure everyone else gets one. And we lose something when we do that. So I want to end with these last two things. Number six is 
I think that we really have got to normalize. This is a huge thing that I do when I, when I speak with my clients, with my kids is setting the intention ahead of the conversation, heading into the conversation, especially if it's a conversation about, you know, something that is maybe going to be controversial or feels like there's some energy, you know, some rub there, or we have a, a clear intention of what do I want to get accomplished here? Right? So are we setting the intention at the start of the conversation? Like, what is this about? Why are we coming together? What is the intention? What is the purpose of our time together, of our conversation here? And how, when we leave here, how how do we know it's successful? Right? And I call that setting the North star really, but it brings us together on the same page. Like, what are we both here for ultimately in this conversation, you know, and if, if it's maybe you guys have had an argument or there's been a little bit of tension and again, this could be parent child or in employee relationships or with a partner. And it's so tempting to be like, Oh, we're getting along now. Okay. That's over. We're going to brush it off. But it's to bring it back and put us back both into that same, same team. We're on the same team here. Right. And we have a mutual goal, mutual goal or a mutual intention for how we want to show up for this conversation. So that can be like, you know, as we're dropping into a conversation, it's like, Hey, we have an intention right now. I want to have a win-win afternoon today make sure that everybody, you know, gets some time, some space for themselves and, and that we collaborate on figuring out what this gets to look like. So the intention is just like, how do we collaborate on creating a win-win situation here? Right. And every time we start getting a little bit off course there, that gives us an opportunity to come back and go, okay, wait a second, hold on. We're not collaborating right now. We're kind of at each other. We we're taking detours. We're getting distracted. Let's come back to center for a minute. We can recalibrate. We have a North star, right? I've talked a lot about the, the intention of just cleaning up the energy, right? Cleaning up the energy in a conversation sometimes. And that sometimes is our intention. You know, we just need to clean some things up and sweep things out of the way that have been coming up for us. So if it gets a little bit heated in the moment, we're like, okay, cool. So we're cleaning it up right now. We're, we're letting things out. We're, we're creating this space for this stuff and we're going to work through this instead of taking the bait in that moment when somebody says something and now we're reacting and we're attacking one another again, right? If the intention is like, Hey, we're here to clear things out, get things out in the air, make sure that we both leave this conversation feeling heard, listen to, listen to one another. And we've moved this thing, this resistance out of the way for us. It, It sets the pace, right? It sets the tone. And, um, so setting your North star or setting the intention at the beginning. And again, this isn't, these things are not always every conversation, obviously, but they're things that I think we need to normalize more because as I go through this list, you know, how often again, are we just talking about what are you doing? What are you doing? Where are you going? What are you doing? And we're checking off and we're comparing to-do lists and we walk away and we spend a bunch of time together. We're like, I do not feel like we connected at all. (laughs) And the other person doesn't feel like they connected at all because all you did was get together share a bunch of things about what you did and what you're about to do. And then boom, it's over, right? So there's that longing for connection. So coming back to normalizing, sharing what we're actually feeling, dreaming together a little bit, right? Asking clearly for what we need and what that looks like. 
addressing behaviors and less attacking of character, building one another up, especially in our uniquenesses, right? And setting intentions ahead of time. I think that if you take one or two, I don't think I know, but if you take one or two of these things this week, I want to challenge you guys listening to pick the one thing that really jumps out at you that you're like, you know what? That is not normalized in my communication. Usually I'm very unintentional when I come to conversations. I kind of have an idea of what we're going to talk about, but then we're off, you know, in 20 different tangents and I feel like I missed the boat on that, or I'm just not intentional in, in kind of finding that center at the start. Or maybe you're, you can't remember the last time you really built up your partner and spoke to his or her uniqueness, her, you know, the thing that makes them them. Maybe you have been in the situation where you've been a lot of this blame game inside of your relationship, pointing fingers at each other. Well, you did this. No, you did that. Well, you said this, Right. Maybe you guys are in this game where we are both kind of like, it's like whack-a-mole. You're trying to figure out what the other person wants. And every time you think you hit it, you get it wrong and it pops up over here and you're like, ah, fail. That was wrong. That wasn't it. And so we get to practice that clarifying and asking for more clarity around what exactly does that look like for you, right? What exactly do you need? And these conversations, when you start having them, they sometimes can feel awkward, right? In a natural because it's all what you have trained into your system. So I really encourage you to pick the one thing that really spoke to you right now, begin to normalize it a little bit this week, introduce it, be slowing down, show up a little bit more intentionally with it and just play with it. Especially if it's new, this is how we create new experiences in our body and our memory. And the more experiences you have with this, the more natural it becomes. And the, before you know it, this will be your embodied normal state for communication. So this conversation, as I wrap that up is really, as I, as I think about this conversation around communication, this is something that really is speaking to reclaiming the territories of our marriages, of our relationships and restoring the lines of broken communication. When we really get honest with ourselves, the reason why a lot of our marriages, our relationships, our team relationships seem like they've been hijacked and there's division and grumbling and all this stuff going on is the lines of communication have been broken somewhere. And now we're just sort of like all speaking a different language, different speeds, talking over one another impatient with one another. And so this is really like the restoration is important. If you're going to reclaim your marriage or reclaim intimacy or reclaim trust, there's, there's elements around communication that get to be restored. And, uh, this is how I want to invite you to, to look at this, right? Is, um, can I restore the lines of communication and maybe I'm building them up for the first time, <laughs> right? And, uh, that may be the case. So I want to invite you guys to, um, reach out. If you, if you haven't connected me with me yet, you can follow me at, uh, the Christine jewel on Instagram. I always love to hear from you guys. I love when I get messages in my, uh, DMS to let me know, Oh my gosh, I love this about the show, or I want to hear more of this. So if you are enjoying this content and you want to hear more about that, or you want to share something that's coming through from you, I do read all of my DMS. And I want to let you guys know about our eight week reclamation project that is starting April 11th. This is going to be an eight week intensive training on how to reclaim 
reclaim the territories of our hearts, our homes, our bodies, our marriages, how to restore the lines of communications, how to restore the brokenness, right? Maybe our hearts have been broken. The trust has been broken. We get to restore order sometimes if things have gotten chaotic and really disorganized and how to rebuild on a solid foundation. So this applies to all areas of life. I mean, this process of reclaiming the territory that we've been entrusted with, right? And I think that it starts in our relationships. Everything starts with our relationships. If we, those things are not in order, if those things are divided, we can't build anything else sustainably. So in this eight week session, we're going to be really unpacking how to do this process. And it's going to start with breaking also generational patterns that we find ourselves looping in. I might do an entire podcast on this, but you know, we are a lot of times that we are in these broken communication cycles and we are avoiding conversations and it's not okay to dream and it's only okay to talk about what we're doing. And, you know, we are in the pressure cooker all the time. And if you feel like it's not okay to celebrate one another or have desires, like these are generational things that get passed on <laughs> operating systems that we just keep replaying out. So we have to break ties with a lot of these things that have created these faulty communication programs, these ways of showing up in relationship that are just repeating the same battles, repeating the same arguments. So if you're interested in learning more about the reclamation project, you guys can follow the link in the show notes, apply to join us. I am going to be hosting this live. I'm super excited about this eight week session and, um, yeah, that's it. I want to thank you guys for joining me as always. Would love to be here in a conversation with you guys. Until next time, here's to loving fiercely, leading courageously. Bye for now. Thanks again for joining me in today's episode. It is my intention to bring you valuable, heart shifting content every time that will upgrade your life. If you're a new listener, make sure you follow the podcast so you can stay up to date as future episodes roll out. And I invite you to head on over and join my free community. Warriors of the Heart on Facebook. In there, you'll find bonus trainings, a game-changing assessment tool, and exclusive member-only offers. Until next time, Warriors, here's to loving fiercely and leading courageously in the untamed life, the only life worth living.